Well, if you've been with us over the past uh, couple of weeks, you know that, that just last week we started a new series. And much like we do each year in January, what we're talking about last week and over the next couple of weeks is we're talking about some of those foundational ideas uh, that lead to why we're even here as, as people that gather together as a church community. Why do we even exist Why does Mount Hope exist? Why is it that we get together each week? What is our goal? What is our purpose? And last week, if you were with us, you know that we talked about what really is is the foundational truth, kind of the overarching principle beyond, above all these things. And then this week and the next two weeks that we're going to talk about three different words. So last week we talked about uh, uh, this piece of our vision statement, really, that says that we're here to lead people into a loving relationship or living relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why really why we're here. We're here to lead people into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And the way we talked about that last week was we talked about how our works in that relationship go together. We said that our good works end up flowing out of that relationship and not the basis for the relationship. In fact, we borrowed a phrase, if you, you were here last week, from the great old preacher Charles Spurgeon. And we said, listen, our good works are the fruit and not the root of our relationship with Christ. So this week and next week, we're talking, or next two weeks, we're talking about three words. And those three words are learn, love, and live. That we're here to learn, love, and live. When we gather together at Mount Hope, these are the things that we're doing. So this week, this week, uh, we're on learn, and we're using this advice in Proverbs chapter 2 that a father gives to his son to talk about why it is that we're here to learn, why it is that we're here to be taught, and what that all means. You know, one thing the internet loves, the internet loves a lot of things, but one thing the internet really loves, and it's all over the place on the internet, is the internet loves lists. And uh, there's many articles when you go online and you read, you go to CNN.com, you could go to ESPN.com, you could go to all these different websites, and somewhere on those websites you'll find different lists. And those lists may look something like, you know, nine fashion trends for 2016, or they'll say 17 celebrity selfies you have to see. Or they'll say something like, you know, 10 important tips for healthier eating. But the internet loves lists. There's all sorts of lists all over the internet. And I came across a list this week. It was, on, it was from Inc. Magazine that I particularly enjoyed. And I thought I'd share a little bit of it with you. In fact, the list was, it was the top 10 worst business decisions of 2015. And as we come to this sermon and we come to this topic, I thought this this really fits kind of what we're talking about this morning. The worst business decisions of 2015. I'm not going to go through all 10, but there were a couple that I really felt compelled uh, that we should share together. And so this is is the first one. And what happened this year was that uh, in the Philippines, last January, in the Philippines, the folks over at Kentucky Fried Chicken, they got together and they had uh, a great idea. And in January of 2015, they released a product in the Philippines that was called the KFC Double Down Dog. And it's a hot dog. You can see it right here. This is the KFC Double Down Dog. And it's a hot dog, but it's n- the hot dog is not set in a bun. You can see there, the hot dog is set and a piece of fried chicken shaped like a bun. And I don't know if it comes, uh, you know, with extra money for the medical care that will be needed uh, once you eat it. 
But this was the product they released, and it was a huge flop, and it was a PR nightmare for KFC across, uh, on the other side of the world when they released it last year. This is an, another one that came out, and this one actually won the best uh, product at the 2015 Global Pet Expo, which some of you probably attended. The 2015 Global Pet Expo, they had this year, the best new product was the chicken harness and leash, uh, which you can actually buy online. So for those of you that have pet chickens, and not only do you have pet chickens, but you like to get them out regularly for walks, this is real, you could go on mypetchicken.com and you could buy the chicken harness and leash. There's actually an old uh, Seinfeld episode where this would have come in handy, but that's a different, uh, different topic. The chicken harness and leash. The other one that, that came out that I'm still not sure how uh, you're supposed to use it or how it's even valuable is the, uh, the selfie brush came out last year. And the selfie brush is not only a hairbrush. You could go, this is real. You could buy this online. The selfie brush is not only a hairbrush, but it's actually also an iPhone holder. So you can slide your iPhone into your selfie brush. And as you're brushing your hair, if you say to yourself, I look unbelievable right now as I'm brushing my hair, and so unbelievable that you need to take a picture of that moment, well, lucky you, your cell phone is inserted in uh, your hairbrush. And this, as far as gaffes go, this one, this one is almost painful, but this uh, worst business decisions, this one uh, makes me kind of laugh, but it's, a, it's a, a painful one at the same time. August 9th of every year, I was unaware of this, this day, but August 9th of every year in South Africa, it is Women's Day. And I actually went on this week, I went to uh, South Africa's government webpage to try to figure out why is it that they hold Women's Day on August 9th. And this is what their webpage says. The government says every August 9th, every August 9th, uh, we in South Africa take time to celebrate the great achievements and advances uh, done by women, which is great. So they have a whole day and they say, this is the day that we celebrate the women who are leaders uh, in different fields, whatever, whatever that may be. And so they're celebrated and they're honored. Well, the BIC Corporation, you know BIC, they make the pens and they make the razors. They said to themselves, we need to do something to honor women on Women's Day. We need to come up with something that will, that will say how, how much we appreciate women and, and, and how, how great that they are. So this is the advertisement. This is real. This is the advertisement that they released all over South Africa and on their Facebook page for Women's Day. It says, act li- look like a girl, act like a lady, think like a man, and work like a boss. Hashtag happy Women's Day. As you can imagine on Women's Day, when they're celebrating the uh, achievements and advances of women, the line, look like a girl, think like a man, did not go over too well. And I don't know how many marketing and PR people in the big corporation just forwarded that email saying, looks good, looks good, looks good. But at the end, it was not a good move. Not a good move for the big corporation in South Africa. You know, I think sometimes we look at things like this, whether it's a hot dog wrapped in fried chicken or an advertisement that is almost a slap in the face on a day uh, when people are being celebrated. We look at these sort of things and we can say to ourselves, we can make a list at the end of the year and we can look back and we can say to ourselves, what in the world were those people thinking? And what in the world were they thinking? What went through their heads or what went through their minds? that they thought this would be a good idea. This will help our brand. This will be a good product for people. What in the world was going through their mind? And I think we have that reaction not only 
maybe in, in business decisions, but we see a politician say something off color, or we see a celebrity involved in another scandal, and we say to ourselves, we look at that and we say, you know, what in the world were they thinking? What was going through their mind? How could they possibly make that decision? And we don't just say it when we think about celebrities and politicians. You know, we say it about people who are much closer to us too, don't we? So maybe we have a, a family member who uh, finds themselves in a difficult situation or maybe our spouse does the same thing we've asked them a million times not to do. Uh, maybe our teenager, you know, backs the car into a parked car again. And we say to ourselves, you know, what is it that they are thinking? What could possibly be going through their mind that they would make that decision or that they would do that thing? And if we're honest about it, we also at times ask the same questions about ourselves. We do things, I do things, and I look at it and I say to myself, after the fact, after I say it, after I've done it, I look at, I look at it and I say, what in the world was I thinking? Why would I do that? What was I hoping would happen? What did I think was going to happen? How could I make that decision? And all of us have that moment where we do something. We say something, we do something, and we look at it after the fact, and we say to ourselves, what in the world was I thinking when I did that? What in the world was I thinking when I said that? What, what was I hoping would happen when I did that? And we all have those moments, don't we? When we shake our heads at ourselves and we say those words. Because at the end of the day, all of us want to be the kind of people All of us want to be the kind of people. It's true about me. I bet it's true about you. We want to be the kind of people who live our life and we go through life and we make good decisions and we avoid bad ones. That's really, we would love to live that way. We would love to be able to be the kind of people that could just go through life and each and every day in every situation when we're faced with a challenge or when we're faced uh, with with someone who, who maybe is against us or bothering us or challenging us, when we're in those kinds of situations, All of us would love to be the kind of people that could come into those situations. And each and every time we could make good decisions and we could avoid the bad ones. It would be great to be able to live that way. And when we come to this passage in Proverbs chapter 2, the passage I read earlier, this is exactly what this father is saying to his son. He's saying, son, listen, if you want to be the kind of person that makes wise decisions and avoids foolish decisions. If you want to be the kind of person that at the end of the day, the end of the year, the end of a life is able to look back and not have regret and is able to look back and be proud of the decisions that you made and proud of the decisions that you avoided. If you want to be that kind of person, son, listen, this is what you need to do. And so what I want us to do this morning is, is in the next couple of minutes that we have together, is not to try to answer the question, am I the kind of person that wants to make good decisions and avoid bad decisions? Because I think we all want to make good decisions and avoid bad decisions. But if we want to do that, then how do we do it? What is the secret to being able to do that well? And I think in order to find it, we can look right into what this father says in Proverbs chapter 2. In fact, what the father says to his son is he encourages him right at the beginning. He says, son, 
seek knowledge and seek understanding. Seek knowledge and seek understanding. He says it right away in this proverb. If you want to be the kind of person who makes good decisions and avoids bad ones, seek knowledge and seek understanding. And he says in verse 4, he, he goes even further than that. He says, don't just seek knowledge and seek understanding, but he says, look for it as you look for silver and search for it as you search for hidden treasure. Look for it like it's something of a value that could absolutely, radically change your life. You know, right now, if you turn on uh, your television, all over, all sorts of channels, there are all sorts of reality shows, aren't there, that are following people that are looking for something that they think will change their life. They're looking for silver or gold. They're looking for hidden treasure. There's all sorts of those kinds of shows. We could watch someone... uh, spend their, their summer up in the Yukon mining for gold. We could watch a show about people spending their time in the jungle looking for gold. We could turn on our televisions and watch people buying storage lockers or trading things in at pawn shops or searching for hidden treasure on some mysterious island somewhere. There are all sorts of shows that are out there in which people are searching for something of great value. They're looking for that, that, that thing that's going to change life, that's going to make them wealthy and rich and valuable. The one thing that's the same in all of those shows is that the people who are doing the searching are all in. There's no show where they're looking for something of great value or looking for hidden treasure and they're kind of halfway looking for it. They are all in. They've left their other job. They've poured in all their savings. They've gone after it wholeheartedly. This is what they're going to do. They're either going to strike it rich or they're going to fail miserably, but this is what they're going to do. They're going to be all in, and they're going to go after it. And the father says to his son, he says, listen, you should go after knowledge and understanding. You should chase after it the same way those people chase after silver and hidden treasure. You know those people who give up everything to go and find something of great value? Son, you know those people that will, will leave everything and leave family and leave, and leave money and leave everything else to go and try to find something better? That's the exact way that you should search for knowledge and understanding. You want to be the kind of person that makes good decisions and avoids bad ones? You should go after knowledge and understanding with everything that you have. The question is, where do you go looking? Where do you go looking? And he answers that question in the next verse. He says, if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He says, listen, you, said, you, want, you want wisdom, you want knowledge, you want understanding, you want to be able to make wise decisions, here's what you do. Search for it like never before. And when you're searching for it, don't search for it in the pages of the magazines that they sell at the grocery store. And don't search for it, uh, you know, while you're watching the Ellen show during the day. And don't search for it in all these other places where everybody else is searching for life lessons and wisdom. Don't search for it those places. If you're going to search for it, give up everything that you have. Give up all that you have. Search for it diligently and with great desire and listen, listen to the words that God says. If you really want knowledge, if you really want wisdom, 
If you really want understanding, you want to avoid the bad decisions and make the good decisions, son, this is what you do. Listen to the words that God says. You know, very conveniently for us, the words that God has said and the words that God continues to speak through have been packaged very nicely and neatly for us. 66 books all together. It's easily accessible. You can get it for free online right now. There's one of these under a chair near you, in front of you. If you don't have one, please take it home. It's yours. The words that God has spoken, the word that God continues to speak through, is easily available to us. And the Father is saying to the Son, if you want knowledge and you want understanding, here's what you should do. Dig through and search through the words that God speaks. Listen to them. And don't just casually do it, but with everything that you have and all that you are, go after it. In 2013, LifeWay Research, they did this study where they interviewed 2,900 uh, Protestant churchgoers. And they, they asked them a couple questions. One question they said was, how important do you think it is to use God's wisdom in making your life decisions? 90% of churchgoers said it was extremely important. Whatever the top answer was, they circled five, they checked the extremely important box, strongly agree box. They said, we think it's extremely valuable to use God's wisdom to make life decisions. But when they asked how many people regularly read the Bible, only 19% said they regularly read the Bible. And the question is, how can we possibly know what God says about the life decisions that we are making if we're not opening his words and reading them. If it's that important that God's words impact our life decisions, how could we possibly know what he says if we're not reading them? I think all of us have gotten very used to letting someone else go and read God's words and then come back and tell us what it means. We have gotten very familiar uh, with just showing up uh, to church on a Sunday morning or watching church on television or listening to a podcast or reading a blog or just watching that Bible movie uh, that, that Mark Burnett and Roma Downey put out. And all of those are good things. All of those are good things. But we've gotten so used to letting someone else go and read God's word and read what he says and then just have them come back and tell us what they learned, or tell us what they, what they found out. And those things aren't bad things. I think those are good things. But God's word only becomes God's word to you. God's word only becomes God's word to me when I open it up and read it for myself. As long as I allow someone else to read it and just come and tell me what they've learned, it's really God's word to them. It only becomes God's word to me when I open it up and read it. That would be uh, like me just watching the television show of someone finding millions of dollars in gold and thinking to myself that because I watched them find it, that somehow I now had millions of dollars. If I truly want it to change my life, transform the way I live, impact my every single day, then I can't just watch someone else do it. I have to do it myself. 
I think that for most of us, one of the reasons we don't pick up this book and open it is because we feel like we don't really have time to do it. And so each year, we, we pass out a Bible reading plan at Mount Hope. And maybe, maybe you follow it, maybe you don't. But at the very least, hopefully it's a reminder that this is a book that we should be opening on a regular basis. And so one of the things that we did differently this year, and hopefully you got one of these as you walked through the door, one of the things that we did differently this year is right next to the books of the Bible, we put the time that it takes to read those books so the book of Genesis, that doesn't mean that it's three feet long. That means it takes three hours to read, okay? So we put the times of the books next to them. And some of you, uh, you know, are looking, and you're looking down, and you're saying, you know, the book of Jude is five minutes. So, Pastor, I promise you, I will read the book of Jude multiple times this year. What is interesting to me is you look at how much time it would take you to read the Bible. Is if you were to read, if we were to read the Bible, for 15 minutes a day, and this is at a very moderate pace. This is not being a speed reader. This is not being, you know, some sort of a, a Harvard student that's able to rush through it. If we read the Bible at a moderate pace for 15 minutes a day, most of us would be able to finish the Bible in 241 days. If we were willing to sit down and read it for 15 minutes a day, most of us would be able to finish the Bible in 241 days. That means that we would still have 124 days uh, that we, those could just be like slack days. Those could just be days that we just, we just made a mistake and didn't do it. So it's January 10th. So you still have 114 of those days left. That's the good news. But if we were to spend 15 minutes a day, most of us could read the entire Bible in 241 days. If we want to be the kind of people that make good decisions and avoid the bad ones, then we need to seek knowledge and understanding. The place where that knowledge and understanding is found is in the Word of God. And as we think about it, and as we meditate about it, God gives us understanding and knowledge that we could never have otherwise. Dr. Tony Evans is a preacher from Dallas. And he uses an analogy that I find very helpful. And forgive me if you've heard me say this before, but it's something that for me is, is pretty helpful. He says that when you walk through a major city, so you walk through downtown Boston where there's a lot of construction going on right now, or you walk through a city like New York, or you walk through Dallas, or you, a major city in the United States, and you see the cranes go up, and you know that they're about to build a new building, a new structure. Dr. Evans says we can always tell how tall a structure is going to be by how deep they dig into the ground. If you walk by a block in Boston and the hole goes 40, 50, 60 feet deep, you know that that's going to be a tall building. You know they're going to go way up if they're going that far down. In fact, the Freedom Tower in New York, One World Trade Center, the Freedom Tower, they laid the cornerstone for the Freedom Tower on July 4, 2004. And they began work in earnest on the foundation of the world, of One World Trade Center on, in 2006. December 2006, they really started to work on the foundation. It was not until 2010 that they started to build the first floor. So the tallest building in the United States right now, it took six years from the laying of the cornerstone 
until they had finished the work underground. And because of the work that was done underground, the experience of the building is unbelievable. You know, the, 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 really the height, the apex of our relationship with God is being able to enjoy him from our hearts, to be able to experience him, his presence, and all that he has. But if we want that experience to be all that it can be, or all that it should be, then we have to be willing to do the difficult work of digging deep into our knowledge and understanding of who God is. Dr. Evans, in a way only he can, says that most of us, we want a skyscraper experience with God, but we want it on a chicken coop foundation. And we want the experience of God, the emotion of God, the height of God, the, the heart experience of God, but are not willing to do the deep digging work of digging deep into the, what God says and what his word says and growing in our knowledge and understanding of who he is so that that might inform who we are and the way that we live. This father to his son, he says very clearly, the knowledge and understanding that comes from God do two things. They protect us from making bad decisions and they keep us making good decisions decisions. You know, in many ways, when we understand God and who he is, God becomes a fixed point of reference for us as we live. Keeps us on the straight path. A fixed point of reference is something that orientates somebody as they go about their work. So if you're a land surveyor, you need a fixed point of reference. You would find something off in the distance and you would, you would focus your attention on that so that as you survey the land, you have a point of reference to go back to. If you're captaining a boat, you would use a buoy or some marker on land, a lighthouse or something that would keep you on course as you guided that ship. If you were an archer, you would use a bullseye. If you're a golfer, you would use that flag that's in the cup. But some sort of fixed point of reference that would keep you headed in the right direction so that no matter what is happening around you and what is going on uh, in the world around you, you are able to stay focused on what is most important and, and your goal. As we dig deep into the knowledge and understanding of who God is, God for us becomes a fixed point of reference where no matter what is happening in the world around us and no matter what decisions are being made, God remains constant. We live in a world that changes its mind all the time. What was bad 10 years ago is okay today. What was okay 10 years ago is bad today. Uh, What was healthy 10 years ago is unhealthy today. What was unhealthy 10 years ago is healthy today. What was good for the environment a couple years ago is different than what's good for the environment today. The world that's around us is constantly shifting their thoughts. Did you see last year they released that eggs no longer um, cause high cholesterol? Did you see that article? I don't understand how that wasn't a bigger deal. I thought about all the poor people that have been avoiding eggs for decades because they thought it was going to cause high cholesterol. And then all of a sudden, with just one study and one article, they don't. And everything changes. 20 years ago, smart, wise people drank water out of plastic bottles. Today, smart, wise people avoid plastic bottles because they're bad for the environment. Our world changes its mind on things all the time. And as the world changes its mind and changes its values and changes its morals, God for us becomes a fixed point of reference when we understand who he is and have knowledge of him so that no matter what is happening around us, we are able to stay focused and stay making wise decisions and avoiding foolish ones. It 
Some of you might remember that on Saturday mornings during cartoons, they would show something that was called Schoolhouse Rock. Does anyone remember Schoolhouse Rock? Schoolhouse Rock used to appear, and before the, 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 the Schoolhouse Rock cartoon, they had a little intro. They had a little intro. And the intro, the lyrics of the intro said something like, or said this. They said, as your body grows bigger, your mind grows flowered, it's great to learn because, does anyone remember? Knowledge is power. That's right. As your body grows bigger, your mind grows flowered, it's great to learn because knowledge is power. That's exactly what they said every single week. You know what the author is saying to his son here, the father is saying to his son? He's saying, son, listen to me. If you want power in your life, you want power in your life, the power to make the right decisions, the power to avoid the wrong ones, the power to experience all that God has for you and everything that you might encounter in a relationship with him, then godly knowledge is power. If you want to experience everything that God has for you, godly knowledge is power. If you want to experience a worship that is deeper, a prayer life that is more vibrant, a life that is filled with wisdom, a life in which you're able to make godly decisions, then what you need is not a greater emotional experience. What you need is not necessarily a greater, a greater uh, heart experience, but what you may need is to spend time digging deep into God's word and growing in your knowledge and understanding of who he is because godly knowledge is power. I'm going to invite our worship team back to the front as we close this morning. (laughs) And as we do, I'd like for us to take some time and to worship God and to spend some time in prayer together. You know, maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you have a decision in front of you. Maybe you're here this morning and, and someone, you're making a decision, someone closest to you is making a decision. Family member has big decisions in front of them. Maybe it's career-wise, maybe it's family-wise, I don't, financially, I don't know what it is. But maybe you're here this morning and there is a decision in front of you. And you're trying to figure out what is the good decision and what is the bad decision I need to avoid this morning. As we spend these last few moments singing and, and, and worshiping and praying, I would encourage you to take this time to ask for God's knowledge and God's understanding as you make that decision. You know, when we come to prayer and worship, godly knowledge, understanding who God is and who we are in light of Him, will lead us to deeper worship and deeper prayer than we could ever have otherwise. And maybe this morning, what what you need to come and to pray about is to ask God that he would reveal more of himself to you, that he would give you the desire, that he would give you the passion to open up his word, that he would give you the strength that you need as you go throughout your day to open up that Bible and to read what it is that he has to say to you. If you're looking for more of God in your life, more understanding, more knowledge, a greater experience with Him, don't forget the place where we go to understand Him more, 
and hear from Him is His Word. That godly knowledge that we gain is power to a deeper walk with Him. I'd invite you to stand, if you would, as we close. And I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to have one of our elder couples, Bill and Karen, they're going to be up front here. My wife and I are going to be up front. And maybe you want someone to pray with you this morning. It could be about what we've talked about. It could be about something else. Maybe you want someone to pray with you this morning. That's why we're here. As we're singing, please come forward. And maybe you want to spend time just you and the Lord this morning. You can do that in your seat. You could do it up front here, kneeling at these altars. But as I, I like to say, we get one shot a week to spend time as a community in worship and prayer. Let's make the most of this time that we have together. Let's pray and let's worship Him. God, we thank You. Thank You that You have spoken to us. Thank You that Your Word is true. And that everything we need to know about living and making wise decisions and avoiding foolish ones is available to us through Your Word. God, help us to be the kind of people who don't just assume we know what Your Word says, but we are the kind of people who open it up and diligently and passionately search for the knowledge and understanding of you. Oh Lord, move in this time we have together this morning. We pray in Jesus' name.